0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with the heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Most merciful and mighty, perfect Father, we just thank you for caring for your prodigal parents. Lord, I ask that um, we see your workings as discipline, not punishment. And Lord, I ask that um, while we feel like we are in the dark and as we are parenting, it's leading as if the blind are leading the blind, Lord, we just remember that you do your best work in the dark. And because of Jesus Christ, we have seen the great light. Um, Father, now call us out of our wandering. Jesus, now come and cast out our fear. Spirit, now preach the Son to our deafness and open our hearts to hear your good word. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, well, my name is Margot Cooney. Um, I'm filling in this week for Faith and Family. Um, and I think because we all know the gospel, we all know that Jesus does not look at our resumes when we come before him. We are covered in the blood of Jesus, and his righteous works are bestowed upon us. And it truly feels like Cameron Cole did not look at mine because if he would have known how I spoke to my kids at my house and my car and in front of the church, we would have just not had today. So thank you, Cameron, for being so gracious. Um, But because we have such incredible teachers every single week, week after week, um, I feel very much like a substitute teacher, so we will be watching some movies and we will turn the <laughs> light out and rest our heads before we go pick up our kids from um, Sunday school. But before we start, um, has anyone ever been to the Advent House, or does anyone know what the Advent House is? Yes, y'all should go. Um, if your car needs an oil change, so does your spirit, and um, they really—you are invited to pray or to be prayed for, and downstairs you go and you tell them as little or as much as you want to while there are prayer intercessors upstairs and um, after a certain amount of time they come down and they share with you the goodness of the Lord it's absolutely amazing and it's been a real privilege for me over the past eight years I've been downstairs having people pray for me and then I've been upstairs praying for complete strangers um But the reason I bring that up is because about 90 to 95% of the scriptures that the Lord gives us, it really wants us to remember that we are His child. Like He pursues us so much in our everyday and all day. He is relentless. But He really drives home the point that He's counted every single hair on your head. And the way that we as moms or fathers stay up with our child who has an earache, he stays up with us as well. When we are sick, he is like combing our hair, counting every bit of it, just staying awake so that we can rest. And that's really what the Advent House does for you and does to remind you that that is how the Lord sees us as children of God. So today, it seems counterintuitive to talk to parents about being a child of God, but it's my understanding that if you drink from the cisterns of God's everlasting water, you cannot help but pour out into other relationships and other areas of your life. And in a little bit, we'll talk about how because Christ drank from that cup, that we do not have to drink from that cup that he saved us from. But today, I want to talk about how the incarnation can change how we view carpool. And I want to talk about how the atonement... <laughs> I want to talk about how the entonement can change our behavior at our kids' baseball games. So, and if we do have any time, we can talk about how the Reformation changed diaper duty. But that is Martin Luther and not me. So we are going to look at the incarnation. And I'm going to read through the really John 1, 1 through 18, but bits and pieces of it just so we can kind of be washed and remembered in it. Because if you remember the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, by the time you get to John, it's just kind of like crazy Uncle John is just saying some words. Because Matthew starts with the genealogy. You've got Mark, who's just like, let's get down to business. And Luke's a doctor, so he just kind of like dissects and goes from different ways. And John's like, let me close your eyes, lean back, and watch this IMAX theater. So you'll notice that um, John's gospel is just recreating the genesis one so in the in the beginning so in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was with god in the beginning through him all things were made that it has been made in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it The true light gives light to everyone who is coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And out of this fullness, we have all received grace and place of grace already given. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is Himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made Him known. So... Let's watch a movie. Um, has anyone seen the TV show Parenthood? Does anyone remember that? Okay. Give me a second. Uh, if Amazon shows you my sins, you'll see a lot of um, housewives pop up. So hopefully they won't see that today. It's just all documentaries and good stuff. No. Okay. So. going to turn on. Well, while it's loading. Okay. So we're going to look at this, two different clips from this TV show. And the, the gist of it is this um, husband and wife are coming to terms that their son is just not like the other kids. And they've finally gotten in to see the doctor who's going to help them understand their child. Um, this is this coming up? Okay, here we go.
1: Sorry, I interrupted. I don't want to be rude, but we just want to know. I mean, just—do you think Max has Asperger's? Max is very high functioning, but I do find that Max's behaviors are consistent with an Asperger's diagnosis. Oh my God. All right, uh, this is fun. We're gonna look. We can work through this. It's not an insurmountable problem. I think we should just tackle this one by one. So. Pirate costume. I think getting him out of that thing is key. Well, I'm, I'm happy to help with strategies for specific behaviors. Mm-hmm. I think that we should start with more big picture covers. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm better with practical stuff. You know, I just want to... Well, get on the okay. thanks. Plus.
0: Can you please just let him talk? He's sorry. No. Thanks.
1: Go for it. Thanks. Okay. This isn't a prison sentence. I know. So well, how long is this going to take? Then? How long will it? Just to get him through this, get him back on track. Okay, unfortunately there is no cure for Asperger's. It is a syndrome that he will always have. Okay. I don't I don't understand. Sorry, What? what are we supposed to do for him? I mean, I don't know. You he will help to uncover Max's gifts. You figure out how he learns. You get as much support for Max as possible. Quite honestly, the research clearly shows the greatest barometer of success for children with Asperger's is their parents. Uh, okay. All uh, right. So, just just in case we can never see you again, well, how would you suggest we do to get him out of the pirate custom? So the first step is not to to wrench Max out of his comfort zone. Okay. The first step is to join Max where he is, and then when he's ready, you walk him into the world.
0: kind of glad y'all couldn't see it because it really will let you kind of be in the, their position. Um, but I'm not commenting on the diagnosis that they were giving in that. Oh, now it's playing. Okay, good for you. Um, this is more a comment on sin, not that sin, but just sin in general. And us getting to hear this back and forth, trying to understand what's going on. Um, you know, we have to understand that our sin is... A temporary and eternal punishment from our actions in the garden and um, we are dying we are damned we are cursed and Genesis 3 talks about the curse put upon us and there's nothing inside of ourselves or inside of this world that could possibly fix that um, and that's what they're sitting in They're they're told that this is something they cannot fix that this is something going on and so The next clip I'm going to show you is just a glimpse, just this image of God that we're here to talk about, of what the incarnation looks like. Um, In order for Christ to put something on, he had to take something off. He was sitting in heaven full of celestial glory, and he took that crown off, and he came down into this world and subjected himself to despair, uh, diarrhea. Yeah, he had diarrhea um, because he's fully man, living back then. I'm not making this up. Um, death and destruction, all because of you. It's like when we send our kids to school and they come back and we get the stomach bug. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about bowel movements and then um, the sermon earlier, and we're just gonna continue mm-hmm. in on that train. Um, but I also like to think about like how perfect heaven is and how bad it must have smelled when we came when he came to the earth. Just like how jarringly different a perfect heaven in this fallen world does. And so we're going to see Adam Braverman, that was the father Sorry, in the clip. Sorry,
1: could you say that again? No.
0: I don't I don't want to. Um and so we're going to look at Adam Braverman's response. Um, so let me Hopefully you can see his response. And now, for the main event of our evening, I give you over to my incredible co-chair. Does he clean up Not the this. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, thanks, technology. That's okay. We'll take that fall. The gist is, since you can't see it, is that this dad realizes the only way he's going to be able to get his son back and to be able to connect with him is put on a pirate's costume. And that's all the son was wearing. And this is how he comes down to love his son, to be with him. And as the doctor says, like walk with him through that. And that's what God did when he put on the flesh and came down to be with us. He had to put on what seemed silly, but because he knew the seriousness of what it meant. I'm so glad that the movies that I have curated are not going to show up today that's okay though we've all seen the other one um so there you go look oh it's so sweet y'all it's so sweet just a glimpse of what the lord does for us um here we go y'all i'm all over the place today so back to the incarnation how does that change how we parent like how do we reconcile the baby in the manger to the man on the cross Um, i'm going to quote the theologian christopher yearout when he says ain't nothing but a g thing a god thing so what i'm going to do is i'm going to offer you an example of how the lord can use extraordinary moments in your life to show you the extraordinariness of how God can change. And the example is how my son flooded our kitchen last week. Um, last week, we know that everything in the world, it seemed like, was canceled when the snow was coming and the roads were going to ice, and my son heard us talking about that. He was like, I'm going to help my parents out. I'm going to turn on the sink to make sure that the pipes don't bust. And... He just turned it on and left and flooded our whole kitchen. There was so much moisture and so much wetness that it got under the tiles. So when you walk, it's like a wet pad at a park. Um, When he came back in the kitchen and realized that the whole kitchen was flooded and that mom and dad were having friends over in just a little bit, he ran and got my grandmother's antique napkins that are this beautiful lace. (laughs) Because friends were coming over and we had them set out and so he placed them all over the floor Because they're antique lace napkins, they don't pick up anything, so he starts running outside to wring them, running back in, putting them down, and starts bringing in more water because it's still flooding and there's so much dirt. So he's created a mud pile with water and all this lace. he puts towels down, and finally he realizes, I gotta go tell my mom. And I come down, and I'm a yeller. (laughs) My family knows this, our neighbors knew it. Um, Everyone does. And because I'm such a dirtbag parent and I've become more apparent in that with my kids, I walk in and before what I want to say comes out, the Lord just gave me a glimpse of what I look like and my good works. Um, I'm trying to help the Lord out. I'm turning that sink on so the pipes don't burst and I make an even bigger mess that did not even need to happen because that's what we look like, y'all. Anytime we try to do these good works that we think we're helping the Lord out, it's just a kid flooding his mom's kitchen before a dinner party. Um, so instead of yelling, I got down on my hands and knees and started scrubbing. And that is what God does with us. That is what he does in incarnation. That is what he did when he walked with us, when he talked with us, when he ate with us, when he wept for us, when he healed us. Um, and I just think about those everyday moments that we just don't think that the Bible is talking about. Like, we don't think the Bible tells us how to schedule our kids' schedule. It does. You just have to gleam it a little bit closer. Um, So, you know, God tells us that we need to come to him as little children. And I think as parents, sometimes we might think, like, how we call our kids to come into the office because we have to talk about a bad test that they have. But that is not, that's not how the Lord's calling us. He is calling to us the way that you're sitting at dinner and some random baby toddles over to you and it holds its arms out and you just, you pick up that baby. The same way when a kid gives you a fake phone, you say hello. Um, But the same way that your child comes over and just sits in your lap for nothing more than just to be close to you, to be held by you. And that's how the Lord wants us to view him and see him. Um, and I think when we slow down and we understand the image of God as a child and how a grown man calls us to be children of God, we move a little bit closer and that the gospel 's moving in our life um, and then also, we know that you know we as parents, we are willing to walk over hot coals for our kids, but understanding that Jesus went to hell and back for us is pretty incredible. And so what do we do with that just incredibleness? Like we just, <laughs> it's like when you see that mom that has all those healthy snacks for their kids after school and you're just like, I brought nothing <laughs> and my kids are going to be in bad moods. Like you're just in awe of her. Um, so how do we get to be these parents? Y'all, that's prayer. If Jesus Christ prayed no less than 38 times in the gospels and he was fully man and fully God, you better believe we've got to start praying for our kids because I do not pray for my kids the way that I lord over what their summer camps are gonna look like and how my calendar needs to adjust to it. So if I pray more for the Lord to work in me, I can spill out into them as well. But also praying for them, like that's the privilege we are given as parents. I get to intimately know my kids' ins and outs the same way that they see me all day and all night. So, Lord, send them a good person to teach them the gospel. Um, Also, I've been reading in the scriptures, and it talks about, do y'all remember James and John's mom being like, Jesus, can you let them sit on the right hand and the left hand? And he looks at her and was like, you have no idea what you're asking for. Like, this mom just thought she was going to get her son set up in glory, and he's just like, You don't want that. You do not want what it takes to sit on the left hand and the right hand. And that goes for us as well. We really want to set up our kids' golden futures. We really want them to have a glorious time. And sometimes the best prayers for our kids are left unanswered. We want the good things for them. We desire the good things for Him. But our Heavenly Father knows far better than we do because He's got the bigger picture because He's bringing you all home. So sometimes you spend your whole life building your kid up for that baseball scholarship and he breaks his ankle senior year. Would you have prayed for that (laughs) after all those times, all those weekends, all those tournaments? Probably not. But if your son in that moment realized his identity is not in baseball, but it could be in Christ Jesus, that's a victory in and of itself. But we don't think that because we want to get our kid into the right schools and the right places. So... um, and another scripture that comes to mind is talking about when our child asks us for something, it says, when your child comes to you and asks for bread, you don't give them a serpent. So how, And you who are wicked, who are sinful, so how much more will the heavenly Father give you something better or give you the right thing? So let's just keep that in mind when we are praying for our children and we are trying to desire the good things for them. And that's a righteous and saving relationship in the Lord. Um, and then scripture. I come to these classes because I want to hear, like, spare the rod, spoil the child, kind of stuff. Like, I want to know, like, how do I parent them? Um, what do I do in this situation? And scripture is the rod that will always bring you back. It is the magnet that you can be tethered to when you start um, floating the other ways. But um, and then you know, when we royally blow it as a parent, we can just say the F word, and that's forgiveness. Can you can you forgive me? <laughs> Um, my mom was like, don't apologize to your kid. They'll, they won't respect you. And it's like, you're, you will have a relationship with your child showing what a repairing relationship can be. Like what, what can be redeemed when something has been wreaked habit, because this is kind of scary to think about. Satan hates all of you. He hates the children of God and he really hates the children of God as well. And so he's coming after you, and he's going to try to ruin every single relationship you have. And the ones that devastate us the most are the ones closest to us. But y'all, Satan is like a stupid little dragon that in those Disney movies that gets shot in the heart. And as he's falling, he's trying to like take out every castle and everything behind them because he knows he's done. He's been defeated already, and we know that on the cross. So how does the incarnation change how you deal with carpool? You're sitting there, you're waiting in prayer, read about scripture. But you can really just think like, I have the privilege of shepherding these little sinners and they are looking at me as a sinner myself. So let me lead these children to the bread as one beggar to another. And that's by showing them Christ. Um, And another great way that Lent is just the perfect season is it's gonna take us from the baby in the manger to the man on the cross. And so if we've talked about the incarnation, the atonement and if this doesn't work y'all i'm going to be so upset because i'm a substitute teacher today and we watch movies and turn the lights out at the end of it um, but here we go let's try this one out has everyone seen home alone Yes. perfect so you know you know the gist of it and this won't be a commentary on like how it was actually a very traumatic movie if you think about it but we all remember Catherine o'hara
1: Soul to death. I am going to get to my son. Uh, ma'am, if there was anything at all I can do, do here today. Do anything. I can get you a hotel room. What? Excuse me. Excuse us for a second. Can I see you for a second? Please. Excuse us. Oh, please. No. no, but here in your you got a little bit of a dilemma there. We got a crisis ourselves. Allow <laughs> well, me to introduce myself. Gus Polinski. Oh my. Polka King of the Midwest? <laughs> the, the Kenosha Kickers? That's so bad. No? That's okay. I thought you might have recognized it. Anyways, right. yeah, nice. um, I had a few hits a few years ago. Uh, that's why, you know, Polka, 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 oh. Polka, Twin Lakes Polka, Dama Polka, aka Kiss Me Polka, Polka Twist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, some fairly big hits for us, you know, '70s. you know, yeah, we sold about 623 copies of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Shaboygan. Shaboygan, they love it, you yeah. know. I'm sorry, did you say you could tell
0: me? A- anyway, I've got a random
1: here. <laughs> Our flight was canceled, so we got to drive. So, uh, see the guy in the yellow jacket over there? By the budget time, he's going to rent us a nice big uh, van. and We're going to drive to Milwaukee. Now, I heard you had some problems here, uh, Getting yeah, to Chicago to see your kid or something? Oh, my son, he. We left me. He, he's there. Oh, jeez, If you have to get to Chicago, we'll, we'll gladly drive you it's on the way to Milwaukee. You'd give me a ride? Sure, we will. Why not? You know, you gotta get home and see your kid. A ride to Chicago? Sure, you know, it's Christmas time. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So you the only one going some Pokemons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then. death. Okay. So, yeah. Next one. I'll just dress as Maura. <laughs> um, so I'm not saying hell is polka music or the van is the cross, but I am showing you just how desperate this mom was to get back to her son. Just how desperate she was to get back to save, to be with him, to protect him. And um, I just think that's so. It's a silly example. We've all seen him alone. But it's again, it's just like this visual way of seeing just what the Lord was willing to do for us, like what he was willing to leave, what he was willing to sacrifice himself to do. Um, It's like think about trying to get into a bar (laughs) and our sin has barred us from this bar. But when Jesus Christ gives us our ID, which is his ID, we get to go on in. And not only do we get to go in, we get VIP treatment. And... Yeah, so how does the cross change how we parent at a baseball field, okay? Um, we don't have to shake the fence <laughs> when our six-year-old isn't doing what they are supposed to, y'all. The, the fact that we think our legacy is an extension in our kids and we have to micromanage every moment of a six-year-old baseball game is ridiculous and quite silly. But it's also just how we view our kids in general Um, we think that if they mess up it's more of a reflection on us and like there's this weird formula in our head if I love my kid enough and I practice with him enough then that's gonna directly affect how he's gonna play in the game in front of all my friends and then that's when we're left shaking the field fence because they're just not doing it but instead with the atonement and what Christ has done for us we see that that relationship has been paired back together and we can just sit and enjoy watching our kids make terrible mistakes on the baseball field. And it's joyful even if it looks like they're running underwater. Like that is what a kindergarten baseball practice looks like. But this is what I want us to think about. I want us to think about just how we as parents can get down on the floor We get down on the floor. We can help them clean up the mess. We can help them pick up the Legos because that's what our God the Father did for us. When we were under the table trying to pick up all the crumbs so we could sit at the feast, He comes down and He doesn't just say, like, let me help you pick that up. He picks you up, and He has prepared this beautiful feast for us to have, and we get to enjoy it. But um, what I'd really like to do is, I'm going to turn the lights off, (laughs) and... I'm going to pray over y'all and we're going to do this thing called divine lectio, which is I am going to read a scripture over you three times and you're just going to close your eyes. The first time just let it happen. It's going to be super weird. We're all just going to be quiet with our heads down, but you will appreciate that when you have to go get your kids who've been eating sugar packets. Um, so the first time we're just going to let the scripture watch over us. Um, the second time you're going to ask the Lord, what do you want me to hear from this today? Um, what what do you have in this for me? And then by the third time, you're just going to ask the Lord, like, how much more would my life be different if this scripture was truly in my heart? So, I'm going to turn the lights off, if I can. I'll probably mess up like the video. Oh no, no. <laughs> not like that. Not like that one either. That's fine. We'll do that. Okay. All right, so let's bow our heads and um, we'll pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, you were perfect, so we do not have to be. We do not have perfect children, but you gave us the perfect son. And Heavenly Father, we do not have the perfect family, but you have invited us into one. So Lord, I ask today that these words just melt us and move us because it is your holy word. Jesus' name. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. As I read the scripture the second time, I invite you to ask the Holy Spirit to point out what you need to hear today, what he wants you to know and grow in him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Lord, I ask that you speak into these children of God the words you want them to know, what you want them to take with them as they leave today. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Father God, we thank you that your word is living and breathing and active, that when it goes out, it does not come back empty. We thank you for all the parents here today um, and how apparent it is that we are full of sin. Teach us how to forgive each other and to forgive our children. Show us how to repent and to do so exceedingly well. And Lord, guide us in our prayers and our scripture reading this week. Um, Let us meditate on your goodness in that. When we encounter the grace of the Lord, Father, just let us cry. In heaven, you know that there is a lot of crying and parenting. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.